you see this coming? I don't even think I know what this is. Oh yeah, you do. Wait till the chorus starts. I was thinking about doing like a sexy acoustic version of this song. Because it's a pretty good song. Does it sound a little too much like White Wedding? Possibly. Maybe White Wedding sounds a little too much like this song. Well, which one came out first? No idea. I don't know. I'm not this does up sound like on White too much about my Billy Idol, but... This does sound like White Wedding. Yeah. Is this Billy Idol? It's a nice day for a white wedding. It is. This is Rebel Yell. Oh, yeah. Okay. I never even knew this song. This song fucks. Oh, yeah. I was showing this to Dylan before, when, when we were driving back, before we went back out, but we were driving back to get Wingstop, and, uh... I was like, I think I should do a version of this. And that's what I like about Dylan. Dylan's like, fuck yeah, dude, that would go awesome. Yeah, Dylan's a yes man for Dylan sure. Dylan's a yes man, and I like that about him. But uh, anyways, I was talking with, so I played with Laura last night, and we were like, it was like one in the morning. Everybody was hammed. They gave us so many tequila shots and beers while we were playing our gig. And... uh <coughs> Laura and I were basically talking about how just like the people that we really like in sort of music, Tall Paul, Laura, me, Jim, fucking Shane, fucking TJ, fucking Pat, fucking Josh Williams, fucking all of our best friends in the music business. It's all just a big love fest. Yeah. Like it's all just like nobody is here to be the best. Everybody is here to play enjoy, music together and have a fucking great time. The music. So I was like, you gotta listen to our Roosters Fest podcast because it's going to express everything that yeah. we're trying to express towards you guys. This is a jerk fest the whole time. 100% and I love it. I mean it's a cool thing. Yeah. Like I was talking about that with Laura today too because we had a gig t- today too. Four hours. <coughs> and it's just like I don't really care how much money we make. I don't care how many tips we get. The point is we're sitting down fucking having a great time playing tunes together. Yeah. And that's the way to fucking Like you said, you guys played Cover Me Up and everybody was into it. Oh. (laughs) We played... So, we played a Roadrunner and there were some good people in the crowd, but towards the... Even so, like, it was a pretty tepid day. Just, like, everybody was taking her easy. And there were a couple cool people out there paying attention, but for the most part, people didn't really give a shit about us playing music. And so we ended our set with Cover Me Up by Jason Isbell, which Laura and I fucking, we have a great time playing it. And if I'm, if I do say so myself, we fucking kill it. We do a really fun little version. And it's all heart and soul. Like, well, with I that fucking song, sh- it's hard not to get into it. I shred my voice every time singing that song because I give it my all. And Laura does too. And as soon as we finished, barely anyone noticed. <laughs> and it's and I turned to Laura and I was like, that's classic fucking playing in bars and just playing music in general is you've got musicians and that's why I always tip, that's why I always clap when people end their songs. It's like you got guys on the stage, or ladies, you got people on the stage pouring out their heart and soul. They put in years and years and years to be able to express their soul in such a way that it comes out in this way. You finish the song and people are like, people is the song over? What the fuck was that? It's like, that's classic fucking music, man. Well, that was fun. 
Yeah, especially when you're not playing like your own show. Yeah. It's just like people that happen to be there. Yeah, you're playing a bar show where yeah, you're okay. hired to play. I hope you guys play mostly covers. Yeah. We don't want to hear your bullshit <laughs> own songs. It's like, how dare you? But, you know, that's the nature of the hustle. Luana had a real nice compliment. When she said oh, that, yeah. that I remind Wonder her of a younger her, yeah. which we all have talked about Luana. But if that's coming from Luana, that's a pretty high compliment. Yeah, she thinks very highly of herself. It's like, wow. So. Both of you think highly of yourself, and that's also really nice. Yeah. We'll get to the fridge talk soon enough. <laughs> but uh, it's been two weeks since we've gotten to do a podcast. If you're paying attention at all, technically we were supposed to have one. We had one two weeks ago, and we recorded it, and it just seems to have disappeared. It didn't record, yeah. There's a recording on my phone that's zero minutes and zero seconds. That is on the day and about the time that we recorded. Yeah. Our and most recent just... podcast on SoundCloud and all the other places <laughs> is the Good Time and Buzz Get Inspirational, which at this point was a month ago. Was it really? At least. We had one after that that wasn't as like deep, but it was super fun. Yeah. And that one just, for whatever reason, didn't get fully recorded. And then last all. weekend, you... By were, not fully recorded, I mean it got zero seconds. It got zero minutes and zero seconds of recording. And then last weekend, you were back in Oregon. And then last weekend, I was in Oregon. Well, I'll, we'll do this real quick. So I got to fly up to Oregon, played some gigs with Austin Lindstrom, shout out. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, I flew into Redmond, Oregon uh, on fucking Thursday night after work. And we crashed at this dude and his wife's house. And... <laughs> We 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 flew in. We got in at about 11, 11.30. And as we're driving to the place, he's like, I know you're probably tired, but I sort of told these people that we're going to play music together at their house tonight. And I was <laughs> like, all right, let's fucking crank it up. That's how, that's how we roll. And so we did it. And then we played like half a song. He put his guitar away. I was still playing guitar. And he's like, oh, you want to keep playing? I was like, that was it? <laughs> It's like that's all we we're gonna do. You gonna play have a song for him? Like, it, yeah, but uh, but he did. He had a badass tour bus, fucking Detroit motor, nothing but muscle. <laughs> um, no AC though. But uh, it was it was a sweet ride. Uh, I respect his hustle and the fact that he you know he fucking fashioned that bus for his own likings and it was impressive. We got some sweet Vespa type little scooters. Nice. Brought him with us. We played the gig uh, in Florence, Oregon at the beach at a casino. Family and friends came out. We had uh, we had Ian and Fluff and Devin came out, which was fucking badass. And then my family was there and my aunts and uncles were there and their friends were there. And so that was super fucking cool. The first night, though, security was watching them like a hawk. They weren't even being weird. But literally, security had to be called in to watch my family. Why? I don't know. And they don't know either. Because they're like, it, we didn't really do anything. But, like, we were having fun. Yeah. But security was watching them. Interesting. And uh, I broke even, by the way. Um, <laughs> anyways, played the gigs. Uh, one night, I got a little too drunk and missed my birthday breakfast. <laughs> I felt like shit. <sighs> I felt like such dog shit that next morning. Not just because of the hangover, but mostly because it's like... I didn't get to spend that much time with my family. And then we go, we're going to meet for birthday breakfast. And then these girls asked me, it's like, hey, do you want to come to our house and party? And I was like, well, it's only midnight. Of course. We'll get out of here at about 2 a.m. It's going to be great. Well, that's not how it went down. <laughs> and so I felt like shit. Try not to cry in the car. And uh, 
it, but it was it was a super fun little uh, excursion. Uh, the way fucking home though was rough. Our flight wasn't until seven fifty on a Monday night, and we were in Florence. The flight was out of Florence, or the flight was out of Redmond. Oh. And so that's a four and that's a five hour drive in the big fucking bus. And so I'm just sweating alcohol, wanting to die. So. The night that I got super hammered with those does Lindstrom chicks, drink? Does he tie one He on? does, but he didn't have that many those nights. Um, he seems to have a little better governor than me on just like, um, this is it. This is where I stop. Which I'm working on. But I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't figured out the algorithm. But uh, anyways, so I got super hammered on a Saturday night. Still had a gig Sunday night. Spent the whole day with my family other than my sister who had to leave almost the second that they picked me up. From the bar that I went to with the girl and her boyfriend. <laughs> it's a whole thing. But my sister pretty much had to leave and that fucking bummed me out. And uh, But had a great next, that rest of the, that day. I was dog shit in the morning. And then my family and I went out to a bar, as you do, enjoying the 4th of July. Had a couple Ooh, beers. Nice. All of a sudden, we started talking politics. I start going off. And then my dad goes, you know what, son? You're looking a lot better. This morning, you had slits for eyes. <laughs> it's good to see you looking healthy again. It's like, thanks, dad. But uh, but then I played a gig that night. I bought a lot of beers. And then hammered. We're looking for food. It's me, my mom, and my dad. We're looking for food. There's nothing open. So we get Taco Bell. I order enough for a small army. And then we go back to our house and watch Super Troopers on the TV, but not on the TV because the TV didn't work because we were staying at the Silver Sands, which is where people get murdered. <laughs> so we watched it on my phone from afar on the TV stand. We watched Super Troopers. Still a fun time. The point is, the next day, I was so hungover, and we had to drive five hours Who in a did bus. The driving? Lindstrom. I drove some of the way there, but on the way back, okay, there's also a little funny side story here. So on the way back, he's taking the first shift. I'm doing my best to sleep in the little bunks that we got in the bus. Not working, obviously. obviously. And then all of a sudden, I feel the bus slowing down. And I go, what are we slowing down for? We are definitely not in Redmond yet. And they go, oh, we're going to stop and take some pictures. Because uh, his girlfriend, who's super cool, shout out to his girlfriend, Anna. She's super cool. Um, she's like an amateur photographer. And um, they go, we're going to take some pictures. And we stop at this fucking little bridge thing. And he goes, we're going to go take some pictures. And so all of a sudden, he's changing his clothes and like getting into nice clothes and grabbing his guitar. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like, all right. So I throw on a nice shirt, grab my guitar. All of a sudden, we're pulled off in this pull-off because we're in a giant bus. But the bridge is like a quarter mile the other way down the highway with no shoulder. And so we're walking along this no-shoulder highway with cars <laughs> zipping past us, holding guitars. To get to this bridge? To get to this bridge. And we finally get there. And uh, we take a couple pictures. And uh, it was fine. And, um, but at one point he goes, we need to take a picture of us shaking hands. And I go, okay. Well, once you shake hands with a man, you know that if in the next five if seconds. If something goes down, you know you got something that got your back. You Shout out to Garth Brooks. 
But anyways, we took some pictures and then he goes, you want to drive now? And I go, not even a little bit because I have to be at work. I have to be up for work basically at 4.30 in the morning. I'm going to try to sleep in the back of the bus. So if you wouldn't mind, can you drive? So he drove the rest of the way. But the problem is we get into Redmond around 2.30, 3 o'clock. Again, our flight doesn't leave till 8. And so we drop off the Vespas or the, the scooters or whatever. I not to do with the Redmond Airport either. No. <laughs> no. We park the bus in this little townhouse, little community. The drummer and his girlfriend, both of them are super fucking cool. Shout out to those guys, fucking Sadie and Anthony. Super cool guy uh, people. They got these sweet Vespas. We take those for a spin. But then they go, we're going to go to lunch. And I'm going, I couldn't eat ever. I am so hungover. And... But we go to lunch and uh, have some lunch, have a couple beers, Natch. Well, it's like if I'm going to be here, I might as well try to get myself back to zero if I can and maybe even improve on it. Yeah. But the point is we finish lunch around like, I don't know, four. And so we drive the bus from Redmond to Prineville, which is technically where we were staying with his buddies that we played music for. We hung out with those guys for a while and I'm just like, I need to get home because I feel like death. And ev- again, everybody was super cool, but it's just like the circumstances are not conducive to, to the situation. Yeah. It's just like, I know you don't have to work tomorrow, but I have to be loading and unloading trucks all day, all day. on a fucking Tuesday. And it's going to be hot. And it's going to be hot. Like, this is not going to work. Anyways, we fly home and I get an Uber back. It's a $100 Uber. And it was 70 bucks. But uh, because you flew into Mesa, right? We flew into Mesa Airport, yeah. and uh, and it was hard to even find an Uber. Like I was lucky that a guy showed up because I tried a few and no one showed up. And so it's like one in the morning, and it's like I hope an Uber shows up. <coughs> and uh, anyways, finally an Uber shows up, and I get home, and I get to bed probably around one thirty. And uh, but of course I'm up at four thirty. Yeah. After the most exhausting weekend of my life. And uh, yeah, Monday was a little rough, but uh. Whatever. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. It was July 4th weekend. Uh, that's not to negate the fact that, like, I had a great time. Shout out to Lindstrom for being nothing but kind and generous. Um, that doesn't negate the fact that it was exhausting. You didn't win any big money at the tables, huh? Broke even. My sister. Could be worse. My sister. Sister. My sister. She was like, what's a good slot to play? I was like, quick hits, always. always. My sister sat down at quick hits, made 500 bucks immediately. And then, like, an hour later, we're kind of walking around. We're just kind of talking, just kind of catching up and stuff. And she goes, I think I might throw in a couple more bucks. And I was like, well, try this one. She throws in and gets, like, another 400 bucks. <laughs> I throw in a 20. I fucking lose it immediately. And I go, good for you, Shawnee. You, you know, good for you. Those should have been my kids. <laughs> what the hell? But uh, it was a great weekend, and uh, I got to play a lot of lead guitar, which is obviously my favorite thing. And uh, shout out to Lindstrom for having me out. It was super generous, and he let me play some of my own songs, and it was great. But, man, what an exhausting time as well. Uh, After that, and this weekend, and next weekend, and the weekend after, because next weekend we're going to be in Bisbee playing gigs. The weekend after, we're going back to Oregon. I'm not going to be sleeping in my bed during the weekend, ever, ever, apparently. Never again. And the more that I play Right Where I Need to Be by Gary Allen, where he has a line, lately I've been on the road more than I've been home. <laughs> That's an accurate fact. Like, That's a fact. A fact. Bitch. So it's been quite a time. And um, 
It was nothing but fun, but uh, holy shit, we're fucking recording right now at fucking 7.30 at night because I've been gone all weekend. We would like to podcast more. We cleaned and mowed and did all the things yesterday because we have a fucking, we had to get a new fridge. Boom. Because our fridge went down. Freezer still worked. Freezer still worked. But the fridge was not cold. So here's how it went down. So about Thursday, I noticed that the butter was really soft. And I went, I think our (laughs) fridge isn't working. And it wasn't. And so I called my dad and I was like, take a look at the wording in the uh, lease agreement. Like, is is our landlord responsible for getting us a new fridge or do you think it's on us? A little back and forth, but it's like, ultimately, it looks like she's on the hook for it. But that doesn't mean that if you call Luana, she's going to be like, oh, yeah, totally. You guys are great tenants. I'm going to take care of you. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a big shot. Anytime you have to bring anything up to her, it's like, oh, this is going to cost us some amount of money somehow. I don't know how, but it's going to cost us money. Giant shot in the dark. (laughs) But it turned out she was actually super cool about it. She goes, yeah, that fridge is about 10 years old. I'll get you guys a new fridge. And so she calls me five minutes after she just called me. And she goes, I found one. It's in Tempe. Long story short, she goes, I found a better one. It's brand new, and it's in it's Cave Creek. It's uh, on Cave Creek off of Cactus, which is like five minutes from our house. It's like, boom. way better. But still, it means we have to meet up on a Saturday. And let me tell you how Friday night went. Fucking. Ugh. Saturday, I was hungover about that. Saturday, I wanted to die. And I had to go up to fucking... Pine. Pine, basically, yeah. to play a gig. But Saturday yeah, Saturday was, was, Saturday was rough. fucking rough. But Friday night, so I played a gig at Whiskey Row in Scottsdale, and our good buddy Dylan, shout out to Dylan, shout out to came Dylan. out, and uh, we started chatting up these ladies. As you do, especially with Dylan. As you do, especially <laughs> with Dylan. And uh, they're, they're pretty fucking cute. And uh, I finished the gig, and we just sort of talked to them, and it's like, hey, we'll catch up with you guys later. There was also, it doesn't matter. It was a bachelorette party. We'll talk about that later. But it's like, we'll catch up with you guys later. And so I go, Dylan. Have you had Wingstop? <laughs> and he goes, I've never had Wingstop. I always wanted to try now. Are you fucking serious? You have to have Wingstop. Yeah, yeah. So we go, all right, we'll drive back to the house, and maybe we'll get an Uber to go back downtown. So we drive back. We get fucking Wingstop. His mind is obviously blown by the quality of Wingstop. Which everybody's is except Fluff, and fuck Fluff. Fluff for... doesn't understand what life even no. is if he doesn't like Wingstop. Fluff is not the chicken man. No, he's <laughs> the chicken man. <laughs> But uh, so we get some wing stop, and then it's like probably nine. It's probably nine. Yeah. It's probably nine. And I go, well, are we going back out? Now, granted, normally I am anti-club. I want nothing to do yeah. with going to the clubs. But we met some girls, and it's like there's a chance they actually might want to meet up with us. Yeah. So it's like, all right, we'll go downtown. And so we went downtown. I hit up the bachelorette party girls, party girls. We met up with them for 20 minutes. Half of them disappeared immediately. immediately. And the other two, as much as we tried, and we did try initially, but then once we sat down, it's like these girls literally only want to talk to them, talk to each other. Yeah. And Dylan and I are looking at each other like, this is not going down. Yeah. He talks to the one girl who's pretty cute, and then it turns out she's married. And so they took off. And so it's like, all right, well, it's time to get the fuck out of here. And then I go, well, did you hit up those other girls you were talking to? And he goes, let me hit them up. And it's like, oh, they're back at Whiskey Row. So 
So we meet up with them. We party with them for quite some time. There's a fun. Th- so I'm not a club guy. Is that who we? Is that who we met up with when yes. Dylan was macking on that girl at the bar? Oh yeah. Those two. Okay. I think her name was Megan. Uh, no idea. I couldn't even fucking hear what anybody was saying. I couldn't either. And I was hammered. I was trying to sell my book. It was just. <laughs> it was. Kevin was a, picked up a good religious book. And he was trying to sell night. it. He finally sold it to a nice little lady. Yeah. Alma, shout out. Five bones. Um, but uh, so we finally met up with these girls, and Dylan's like, Alma wants to hang out. Like, you should go talk to her. And so I did, and as soon as I started talking to her, immediately this all-time creep just fucking shows up and was really talking her up. She's way too nice. She walks around the place with him, and I go, and I'm, like, talking to her. I was like, you want to go with that guy? And she's like, I don't really know how to say no. And the guy turns to me, and he goes, don't worry, I'm gay. And I go, right on, man, high five. (laughs) We high fived. And as soon as they left, I went, that guy's not gay. (laughs) No. So, but anyways, we all party, and uh, we're drinking, and... I hate clubs, but every once in a while, if you stick around long enough, you kind of get to know the people that are within that little sphere. Yeah, and well, a we circle were... emerges, and all of a sudden, you guys do become friends. Yeah, we were partying with those we were friends Asian with the Asian guys dude, that the... guy who looked like a pedophile. Yeah, like we ended up partying with these guys. They were buying shots for us. They were super nice. You obviously end the night like, dude, you're my brother, man. <laughs> yeah, like that was it. Was super fun. Yeah. And uh, and at the very end of the night, instead of playing a bunch of dog shit music, they were playing pop punk yeah. and like some cool songs. Yeah, and we were yeah. all singing along. Yeah, like good music. Go yeah, on. it kicked ass at the end. And so that's the one time when the clubs do kind of, kind of become cool is when you finally get that little circle and you guys yeah. can all party together. And um, but anyways, so the night ends. Kevin and I are g- going home. Dylan's going back with his chick. And. We're like, well, let's get an Uber. We get in the Uber. His name's Abdul, and he goes, oh, it's going to be 100 bucks." We're like, what? It's like, well, it's like a 20-minute drive, dude. And he's like, well, it's busy tonight. Yeah, he's like, look, 100 bucks. Well, I guess I'll go fuck myself. Yeah. We get home. I check my Instagram. I get a text from Dylan. He goes, Alma wants to see you. Fucking, you need to get over here now. <laughs> and Alma's super cute. I was, I before we left, I said, Dylan... I know you're going back to their house. You tell Alma, I'm going to marry her someday. <laughs> I said, you tell her that. And uh, he goes, you got it, buddy. <laughs> and then I get a text later, and he's like, yeah, she wants you to come over. And I was like, I am there. Yeah. So I get over there. I don't know where I'm going. And long story short, it was a great night. But um, I don't know what happened to Dylan that next morning. No, nobody ever knows what happens to Dylan the next morning. Which is cool. He may be our future roommate. Yeah. I, I hope so. That would be fun. I think it'd be super fun. <laughs> I would love to have Dylan as our roommate. It would be a sweet third dynamic. Yeah. Um, it'd be a different dynamic for sure because he, <laughs> he enjoys the club life. It would be rough to have a 22 or 23-year-old. He's 22. I asked him. Yeah. It I was would like, be, how old are you? It would be he's like, 22. It would be rough to have a 22-year-old. I was like, yeah, oh, okay. okay. I just turned 29. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it would be fun. I love Dylan. Dylan, he's got the same kind of vibe as us. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't take things too seriously. He just wants to have fun. No, he likes to joke around, have a good time. When he was just jumping. He's, he's legitimately a good buddy. Yeah. Like, I love Dylan. Yeah. Dylan's a great guy. Oh, he's just, he's nice. He's funny. Yeah. He's cool. He's a guy who also cares about people. He's yeah. not, like, some dick. Yeah. Like, he legitimately wants everybody to have fun. Yeah. And, like, he's a super solid dude. 
And I would totally room with him, or not room with him, but have him in our house. Yeah. And uh, not for too long. But (laughs) (laughs) it wouldn't mean we'd have to give up our uh, podcast studio, but that's a fair trade because I really like Dylan. Yeah. But uh, anyways, he he hung out with his chick, and but I didn't (sighs) see him the next morning. And uh, hopefully he fucking comes in rooms with us. I swear by Dylan. I swear by Dylan. He's got the vibe you want from at least one guy when you're at the club. Yeah. Which is, he's the guy who throws on some shades, your shades, which are broken now and oh, gone. Yeah. But he throws on the shades and just starts dancing around nobody. But he gets the fucking groove going. Yeah. And you go, this is the vibe that's going to help perk me up because I don't want to be here. And he's an opener for sure. Oh. He'll just, he'll start. That's how he met the, yeah. the girls. He's an opener. That's how he met the girls. It's like, he was the opener. Like, yeah. I was just the guy singing songs. Yeah. Like, he did most of the work. And, uh, anyways, great fucking guy. And, uh, hopefully he rooms with us. I don't see why he wouldn't. We live super close to his work. Here's the problem, though. It's not really about whether he wants to room with us. Luana seemed very adamant that it's going to be you two, and that's it. Yeah. She... That's it. Yeah. So that might be a problem. She is a psycho. I could easily see her just, like, being like, no, you guys don't need a roommate. I know. Like, like, why? So, we had to get a new fridge. That's the next part of the story. So, we had to get a new fridge. This is the day after I was up pretty much the whole night. You were up most of the night. Yeah. So, I get home around, like, 10 in the morning, fucking mow the lawn, get the house all fucking ready because we know Luana's coming coming, by. Yeah. And I'm feeling like absolute horseshit. Dude, that Throwing was... on some Kyle Kinane, though, to try to make me feel better, because that's some self-loathing comedy yeah. that I kind of really appreciated at a time like that. <laughs> yeah, you need you need somebody who is in as much pain as I need you somebody who has seen the dark side and been like, ugh. <laughs> but uh, so we're cleaning up the house, getting the house ready for fucking Luana's coming by, because we have to get a new fridge. And so we drive to Home Depot. We pick up the fridge. Luana is making it more of a process than it ever needed to be. It's like, you could have just called us, told us to go there, pick it up, gone home, replace the fridge, and left us alone. Yeah. But no. Instead, she buys a hand truck that barely works. She buys a hand truck that works like dog shit. Makes it harder. Makes it way harder. It was super easy to walk the fridge. It was light enough that you could kind of walk it. But as soon as you put it on a hand truck, it was nearly impossible to move. Yeah. And it, we had to, we just unloaded it out of the truck by ourselves. So obviously, like it wasn't that heavy. Like we could easily maneuver the fucking fridge. And she's telling us ways to do it. And it's like Luana, you're not lifting goddamn shit. We come from a farm. <laughs> yeah. And we know how to move shit that's heavy. Yeah. We've moved stuff in and out of houses before. I've moved. Why don't you take your Italian ass and go <laughs> fuck right off? Yeah, I've moved more times in my life than I can count. Yeah, and it's I like I know what I'm doing. We're old enough that we know how to move shit. Like, but she's telling us the ways to do it, and finally we get the fridge in the house. We get the other fridge out of the way, and she wants to tell us different things. <clears throat> Obviously, she always starts stories that no one cares about. Yeah. But then I'm facilitating a move outwards, and it's like, okay, I'll help you move this hand truck into your car. Maybe you can take off after that. And I do that, and then she asks me, how's the yard? And I go, the yard's going great. Those dead patches are kind of filling in and she goes do you mind if I see it I go of course not that sounds awesome why don't you come back on in the house you stupid (laughs) okay she looks at it she goes it's looking good you boys are the most talented people I've ever met (laughs) 
And um, anyways, so blah, blah, blah. She looks at it. She looks at the fridge. She leaves again. Kevin and I start talking, and then all of a sudden you see this tiny little Italian body fucking walking past the window again, and you go, God, fuck, she's back. She's back. She came back like three times. It's like fucking. And every time she comes back, it's it's for nothing. It's it's just to grab something, but then she'll tell you another five to ten minutes story. That's the thing. It's like she comes back to pick up something, but then she goes, and that reminds me of the time that I heard from my dad about World War II. Yeah. It's It's like, like, fuck off. That she finally like left. She left just in time for me to take a nap so I could go up to fucking play oh, a gig yeah. up in Pine or in Payson. I overslept through my alarm. Luckily, Kevin knocked on my door. Otherwise, I would have not have made it. I was like, it is 4 I slept like absolute <laughs> death. I was like, I don't think Austin's supposed to be asleep at 4 I slept like death. And Kevin knocked on my door and I went, oh, fucking shit. It's that <laughs> feeling when you're about to go pick berries. Yeah. And you go, I got to be there by 8. And you go, but I got another hour. It's going to be a long night. I'm going to sleep. And then all of a sudden you wake up and it's 8.30 and you go, they've already loaded the pickers and they're pissed. Yeah. It was that feeling. And so I haul my ass up there. Gigs went great. But uh, just fucking, what a weekend. What a long, strange trip it's been. What a long, strange trip it's But we got a new fridge. I know you guys were worried. Got a new fridge. Coming up on two years in an AZ. That's true. August 17th. Yeah. I think is our official first day here. Mm-hmm. That is just under one month from now. Let's go. That's fucking cool. And the more that we live here, like, my whole thing when we moved down here was like, I'm going to live here two years. I'm going to evaluate it in two years. And now I'm going, I'm going to live here for five years. Yeah. Evaluate it in five years. Yeah. I think we can all attest, listeners and and podcasters alike, it's been a hell of a ride in two years. Yeah. Like. Exponential growth. Exponential like growth. Never seen before. I'm busier than I've ever been. My schedule is absolutely nutsack. <laughs> You're super fucking busy. Like, we're all over the place. Which is how we want it. Like, yeah. The, the goal was not like, I'm going to move to Arizona and be busy but like you know what if my personal life comes up you know with my professional life i'm gonna go with personal life it's like no we came here to make our living in a super unrealistic venture and so it's like well i want to kill myself but it's sunday and i got to play four hours let's go fucking do this let's get this bread and you only want to kill yourself up until you do the you get there yeah so i was mentioning to you the other day about how like i had this discovery of like This goes for everybody. You don't not... Everybody write this down. You don't not want to do the The things that you technically want to do in the long run. It has nothing to do with not wanting to do the activities that ultimately you and your soul knows is good for you. Your issue is the transition from I'm hanging out to now I'm pursuing the thing for today. Yeah. But what's super funny is I re-listened to this audio book... I'm a fancy guy. We listen to an audiobook. <laughs> I'm better than you, and I know it. <laughs> There's no way to say that you listen to an audiobook without sounding like, ooh, I'm way better than everybody. <laughs> Laura mentioned that she was reading uh, the Cash autobiography, and I was like, ooh, we get it. You can read. <laughs> <laughs> but I was listening to this audiobook, and it, it's one of the most life changing books I've read, which is The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. 
which I would recommend to everybody. I recommend it to Fluff, and I think he got it. I hope he listened to it. But um, I was listening to it the other day, just re-listening to it, and he mentioned the exact same transition thing, but he called it inflection points. But I think there's really a serious thing in that nobody is actually worried about the activity itself. This goes for everybody. Nobody's actually nervous about the activity itself. Everybody is just, there's an apprehension when you're going from personal life to the inflection point of whatever your professional thing you're pursuing is. That's the thing that gives you anxiety. It's five minutes. Yeah. Once you get into the thing, you're like, I fucking love this. Why am yeah. I not doing this all the time? Like, we'll go do roosters. You'll do comedy. I'll do music. And it's like, I love these people. I love being here. Yeah. But on a Tuesday afternoon, when you go, we got to go to roosters when tonight, it's like, it's like that's a lot of work. To... It's like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. But the second you get there, you go, I am so glad that I came. Yeah, it's like, why would I, why would I ever have reservations about doing this in the first place? Yeah. And so, like, the issue that's stopping everybody from achieving their dreams has nothing to do with the activity. It no. completely has to do with that because... inflection point of, I will get up and I will go there. And whatever happens will happen. But the point is... The success, the success is not doing the thing. The success is getting there. Yeah. Everything else will fall the way it's supposed to fall. The success is getting to the thing. Yeah. It's, it goes with workouts. It's like, oh, I never regretted a workout. It's like, yeah, but you never want to go. Right. But the second you get there, you're like, this was a good call. Yeah. It's, it's literally like when I, whenever I'm about to go to a fucking open mic or something, there's a million reasons not to go. And whenever I convince myself not to go, I always feel like shit. Whenever yeah. I just go and you do go, it, I should be even right if now. this, even if it goes horribly, even if I bomb, eat shit for five minutes, and nobody, it's like I feel better. If you don't do that once in a while, even like you're I not feel, even really doing I it. I like, feel you should better be after I feel better after eating shit than I do if I don't go yeah. because not going is like. It's like yeah, it, it's like I guess I gave up. Yeah, it's like I didn't I didn't want to go, so I sounds just like I didn't talk, I don't want it. So I just talked myself out of going. Yeah, and then you feel you feel disappointed in yourself when Which you is bomb. Worse. When you bomb, you feel shitty. Yeah, but you don't feel shitty about like not even trying. Here's how it works: you feel shitty on a moment basis. Yeah, but existentially, you don't feel shitty. Yeah, if you don't go and you avoid potentially having a shitty set. But if you don't go existentially, you feel like dog shit, which is a worse way to feel. Yeah. There was a Jordan Peterson thing where he's like, you can either like go after what you want or not. It's up to you. I'm paraphrasing. It's up to you. But you're going to feel miserable either way. Yeah. It's like miserable in terms of work. It's like you're going to work for it and that's going to be rough. But the flip side is you don't do it because you don't want to work. But now you have to existentially lay in your bed and go, am I even doing do anything? anything? So it's like pick which one because you're going to have to pick. You don't get like you're going to get one or the other. Yeah. Either you're going to feel shitty because the thing you had to do was tough or you're going to feel existentially shitty, which really comes back on your soul. Yeah. Of just like I'm a piece of shit. Because I'm not doing the things that I, I want like to be doing. That's where I feel like depression and anxiety come from. A hundred percent. just not... I mean, I, I've never... At had, least a portion of it. Yeah, yeah. It'll still follow you. Yeah, but I mean, like... Just saying. When you just, like... When you don't have any purpose or anything that you want to do... Yeah. You're just going through the motions every day of, oh, I go to work, and then I come home, and then yeah. I fucking hang out or whatever, and then go to work. It's like, we weren't... We're not supposed to just go to work every day. No, and they're... 
I am jealous of the people who legitimately feel great. They just go, I go to work, and on the weekends, I fucking take my dune buggy out, and we get weird, and we have a fun time. And those people, that's how they live their lives, and they're not existentially anxious about it. Yeah. Good for them. I am jealous. I, yeah. That actually sounds great because it just means you have to plug in those hours and then you're good to go. Yeah, but that does not work. But when, you, when you're when you talking about fucking creative types, creative types want nothing to do with like regular jobs, no. but they want the creative pursuit. But the creative pursuit requires them to now put themselves out there, which creative types are not really fans of that. Yeah. And so you're faced with a real Sophie's choice. But what's cool is... Once you start implementing that thing of, I'm going to go get it despite how I feel. I'm going to schedule my life in a way where the current me is going to put future me in something that's out of his comfort zone. Yeah. But that's where the growth is. Everybody knows that outside of your comfort zone is where the growth is. Yeah, 100%. And so if you can schedule things... You can go, I don't have to deal with that now. Yeah. I'm going to put that dip shit in the future. Yeah, he's dealing with that. I scheduled like six gigs for next week. (laughs) I'm horrified about that idea. (laughs) Past me was like, fuck that guy. He needs to go work hard. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. I'm going to schedule all of these things for him. He's going to be dreading it, but it's good for him. And that's 100% true. It's just like, if you can schedule a way where you go, I don't base things on how I feel. I'm going to schedule a way for me to operate that I know is good for me that whoever I am in that current time is going to absolutely dread. He would never do it. Yeah. He would never commit to no. it because it's way too much. But if I schedule it, that he has fucker to do has it. to he do has it. To do it. It's on the Fuck schedule. that guy. Go out there and get it, you son of a bitch. And so I, I don't know. I think there's some value in that. And just like you can do things currently that your future self will have to do that you know is good for your future self. But if he but you have to, to deal him, with it right now. But if it were up to him to do it on his own, he, he wouldn't, do it. wouldn't do it. You know yourself. So you have to do you it. You know that guy. Yeah. That guy's not going to fucking you do that to, shit. You have to push him to do it. So you, you have, have to, to make him do exactly. it. Exactly. And uh, I don't know. I, I, The more that I think about it, I think there's something there. I think there's something there that will lead to future, future wins. And that, like, you don't have to do it all right now. But it probably is smart to make the future you that is really just an idea. You go, because everybody has that thought of, I'll do it tomorrow. Everybody has that thought. If you can schedule it, though, to where you have have to to do do it it tomorrow, that guy goes, God damn it, I have to do it today. (laughs) But you know that it's good for him. Yeah. Like, there's two versions of you. One of them doesn't want to do anything. The other one is like, I want to be successful. I want to get out of my day job. I want to do the thing. I want to do the thing. So I'm going to schedule this giant pile of shit that I know (laughs) who lives within my soul. I'm going to make this guy do those things. And through the process of just the the fire of uh, having to participate, that's going to make him a better person. And then the compounding interest that goes, will you grab me a beer? Yeah. I'm going to talk to the folks just right now. And then the compounding interest that happens from that, you go, I don't want to do this right now whatsoever. However, I have enough self-awareness to know that the work that I do today is going to pay off tomorrow. The work that I do tomorrow is going to pay off six months from now and on and on it goes. 
And so if you can get your present self to commit your future self to things that you know is good for you as a whole, that's the move. Because everybody hates getting up for work. Everybody hates. I love playing gigs. Gigs is one of my favorite things to do. I hate getting ready for gigs. I hate driving to gigs. I hate setting up for gigs. I hate it. Yeah. I'm hungover, obviously. I'm tired. I just want to stay home and do nothing. But you know what? Past me told me that, sorry, that I, I booked work. you for a gig, dipshit. That way doesn't work. We tried you got that it. Yeah, way. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've been sad <laughs> we've for tried, 10 years. We've tried that way. We've been sad for 10 years. It's time for you to fucking get up and do it. Yeah. And it's like, all right. <laughs> fucking fine. You <laughs> son of a bitch. And you're cursing yourself. I had a gig today. I had a four-hour gig today. I screamed my An voice. Hour, I screamed 15 my, minutes away? Uh, today was only three. Was only 30 minutes. Yesterday was, really? yesterday was two minutes? hours away. New River's only 30 minutes. Oh. But yesterday was two hours away. Yeah. But the point is, I felt like dog shit. I was like, all I want to do is sleep. All I want to do is just stay home, smoke some weed, and kill myself. <laughs> but... You know who was looking out for me? Past you? Past me. <laughs> and he went, you know what? What do you really want? You want to be a guy who just fucking sits on the couch and gets high and, well, I mean, like, obviously we all do. Yeah, but, he, but he also goes, what's, what's your, what's your bigger goal? Is your bigger goal to be able to make money playing music and just getting out there and having a good time? Like, playing gigs is also just great experiences. Yeah. I met a bunch of cool fucking people last night. Like, there's things inherent in it as well, but it's like, you've got two options. You can either continue to just fucking, you can feel like shit. Oh, You're going to feel like shit either way. Yeah. But you can feel like shit and also pursue your dreams. You can feel like shit and also feel satisfied. Exactly. Or you can feel like shit and feel dissatisfied. Yeah. And not only dissatisfied, but again, the existential angst of like, oh, I'm not really getting out there and doing what yeah. I want to do. I'm telling like, myself. That am I pushing it off? Like. There's a Hunter Thompson quote, and it, it goes something like, people that put off on making decisions will eventually have their decisions made for them by consequence. Yeah. Like, if you don't make that decision for yourself and just go after it, eventually you're going to run out of time, and you're like, well, now I'm stuck doing exactly what I'm doing now. Yeah. And so... Which is one of the big things that was pushing me to move out of Oregon. Exactly. I was, I was like, I got to get out of here before I'm stuck here. Like, exactly. And to be fair, ladies and gentlemen, I realized that the last number of weeks, there's been a lot of inspirational talk. Well, it's our podcast. I mean, that's what we're focused on currently yeah. is like, it's a weird thing. Like we started our podcast four in fucking March. It'll be five. So four and a half years. Ago. Four and a half years of dumb Shit. And not saying that now is not also dumb shit because it certainly is. But like a fart humor. We just like let's make a podcast. It's gonna be fucking stupid and we're gonna have fun. We're gonna make dumb commercials. It's gonna be great. We're gonna ah. do we're gonna do our podcast the same way we do our life. Exactly. A bunch of nonsense where we just try Flying to by the seat of our pants and make some jokes. But what's funny is over the last couple months we seem to get in these grooves where we're talking about real self-improvement kind of things. Should we start a self-improvement podcast? 
see, that's the thing. I don't think we have to. <laughs> I think we've somehow lulled through a sense of false security <laughs> all of our listeners into, oh, we're a super fun podcast. But guess what? You're going to get a little inspiration, motherfucker. And it's a funny thing. And I think part of it's not just because all of a sudden, let's talk about it. I think we've been living in a way where it's like we're fucking hustling every day. And that, exhausted all the time. that is an engine that leads to thoughts that go, here's a better way to operate in this area. Here's a better way to operate in this area. I think we're moving towards self-actualization, as they would say. Now, I say that being fully aware that we're nowhere near self-actualization. Yeah, not even close. But, but also like when we're we, also moving in ways that like is just, legitimately weirdly healthy. When we meet people at the bar, they're always just excited to talk to us. Well, how could they not like, be? We're like, the good time at Bud. They, they, they're always interested by our story. They're just like, are you guys brothers? It's like, nah, we're just, we've been friends for you wish we were. ever at this point. It's like, ah, you guys seem like brothers. Like, yeah, we get that all the time. But like, we're just out there fucking doing whatever we want. Yeah. Just having fun. And I, I really think. Just talking shit almost to a fault. It's exactly how I would want to live. Yeah. Is. We are living together in a cool house. We got a cool podcast studio. But we're also, I want to do music as a career. And I'm close enough to where if I quit my job, I would never make any profit and be able to save any money, which is why I'm keeping my job. But I yeah. can almost make enough to yeah. stay alive. Almost. You get a couple big nights and then, yeah, like you, yeah, you just get to a point where, once a month, you get like a big casino show or something, just like a little bit bigger show than you get, and now yeah. and then you're you're golden. But the cool thing is, like, we're fucking hustling. Yeah, we're getting out there, we're getting after it, and so what? The good time of Buzz became a little more inspirational. Is that such a bad thing? No, no, because you know why? We're growing as people. Because we're retarded. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, same, same. Um, we're definitely retards. Well, I know, but that's the thing. It's like, if, if we could fucking do it, literally anybody could literally do it. Anybody like, could do it. Literally anybody could do it. And we're not even really changing that much. We're getting drunk as we speak. It's a Sunday night. Both I mean, of us have to work tomorrow. We both have to work tomorrow. Be up at 4.30. Yeah. But, like, we're putting in the hours. We're putting in the hours. We're making it work. We're meeting cool people. We're playing gigs. We're doing fucking spots. We're making it happen. And that's why this podcast is weirdly morphing into kind of like, you fucking got to go after your dreams. Well, because, because if you don't, are you just upset all the time that you're not doing what you want to do? Like before, now, granted, I'm doing a shitty job. You're doing a shitty job. That doesn't mean that we're not also on our off time pursuing the things that we actually care about. I'm also which, doing a shitty job at comedy and I'm doing a <laughs> shitty job at a single podcast. So I am diversifying my portfolio. Diversify your portfolio. <laughs> We're uh, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a wild thing. Like we're giant piles of shit. Yeah. But we're somehow. But that also is that also is conducive to. You know what? That self awareness is nothing but good. Also conducive to wanting to be a musician and wanting to be a comedian. It is. It's being a, somewhat of a piece of shit. Well, you have to be. <laughs> like. Look, if you've got it all together, don't even go near the creative pursuits. No. But. What's funny is like when I lived in Dayton. And I had my own house and I was doing real estate and real estate was fine, but I didn't love it. It didn't feel like what was, I didn't like always having to be on to sell people, to sell houses to people. I mean, I'll sell people. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I should go work for China, sell those Uyghurs. Yep. No one's talking about that in the liberal media. 
But um, during that time, I felt a lot of existential kind of like I'm not fulfilling what I want to work on. Yeah. You know what I don't worry about anymore when I'm fucking playing, <laughs> I don't know, 90 hours a week between work and having to play gigs yeah. all the time and being fucking dead? <laughs> I can deal with physical tiredness and yeah. wanting to kill myself. That's great. I'm used to that. Yeah, that's life. But yes, life. <laughs> But I'm not dealing with the existential angst, which is far more painful of I'm not working enough enough towards, towards what I actually really care yeah. about. Because there's no way I could even convince myself that I'm not. Because, because I'm like, exhausted yeah. all of the time pretty much solely because of my pursuit in music. Since we've moved to Arizona, there's maybe, like, maybe a handful of gigs you've had to turn down. Yeah. Like, maybe. And I'm ashamed of everyone. <laughs> yeah. I still think about it's them. Like, yeah. But but I think that's something that everybody should be working. At least people who feel anxious about where they're at in life is just like, and this goes for all of our 24, probably, listeners. Yeah, we're pretty- we're gonna hey we're gonna have Shane Britt on pretty soon, which is super exciting. Uh, singer and guitar player for the Coltrane's, huge shout awesome, out. Dude. Nothing but the coolest dude. Awesome dude, fucking got us invited to the cabin. Shane's been one of the Could most generous, cool fucking people I've ever met in my entire goddamn life. He bought me a T-shirt, and he wants to be on the podcast, so he's coming uh, sometime in August. We're gonna have Shane on, so stick around for that. But the point is, I, I forget what the point is. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. But uh, the point is, we have less existential angst because we're pursuing the things that we actually care about. You're getting out there, you're hustling, you're like, I'm too tired from pursuing my dreams to even consider worrying about if I'm doing enough. Yeah. And not only that, I think humans are technically wired for work. There's this whole hippy-dippy... Now, I consider myself a hippie in some degrees. There's this whole hippy-dippy fucking communism, fucking commune thing where it's like, if we could just sit around and eat fruit and paint paintings all day, we'd be great. It's like, do you know what humans are like? Yeah. If things were perfect, humans would... This is a Jordan Peterson thing, but if humans were perfect, we would break things just to make something interesting interesting happen. It's like, we are wired for struggle. We are absolutely wired to have shitty things happen, then we go, God damn it, how do I figure this fucking shit out? Yeah. And I just think that's how humans are wired. I don't think there's actually a way around that. I think that's actually how we're wired. Yeah, that's why so many Because when you work hard and you come home after a hard day, you can go to sleep. Yeah. You can sleep just fine. Yeah. That's why there's so many people now that have all this angst and everything because they've never done hard work. They've never, like... If you just, if you grow up in a suburban house and you, like, never have to do a hard physical labor job. You yeah, just of course, in, socialism sounds like a great you idea. You work in an office or, like, you just work at a fucking grocery store or something. Yeah. You never had to do hard, phys- then you're bored all the time. Your mind is just. Your you're mind not- is free to flit around and be like, well, let's flirt with, uh, you know, communism for a second because, like. Let's well, because you have this thought, like, of course, everybody's equal and we'll all do these things. And, of course, everybody is equal. But in practice, these ideas are fucking dog shit. Yeah. And so dog shit. So your mind is, A, is free to wander, but B, it's never challenged to do anything harder or... It, it, you're not building yourself towards anything if you've never had any struggle or... 
coming home. I don't want to only use farming because there's other jobs. Farming's a really good metaphor. But when you come home from a day of farming, there's no worrying if you worked hard enough or if there's something more you can do. No, you just want to go to bed. Yeah, you just like, I am dead and I want to go to bed. And then the next morning you don't want to wake up and go do it again, but you do. You just make you just put yourself in that mindset of I'm gonna do this. Yeah. Which then, when you're going, to, when you're pursuing music or comedy, you have the ability to just be like, no, I'm doing this, even though I don't want to, because you've had to do it for so long. For, and you for know, something that's less joy, less joyful, and less beneficial than doing what you're what you desire to do. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I could go do five minutes of comedy. That's way easier than eight hours of fucking farm work. Well, not only that, like, you know that, like, just because tonight may not go well, I'm in the midst of the process. Yeah. And the process works things out for you. If I'm afraid of tonight not going well, so I don't go up there, that just means... That's a I'm, cycling I'm pushing, loop that's going to make it worse I'm and worse. I'm pushing that show that's not going to go well further down, Just down the, the line. line. Because, if, yeah. it, because, A, eventually a show's not going to go well. And also, B, if you don't do it, you're not practicing. Yeah, so you're not you, getting better. You want certain so you're shows to have, not go well so because you have to be more forced. bad shows because you're not practicing getting better exactly. at the thing. Yeah. So not only are you are you pushing that bad show down the line, you're pushing, pushing more bad shows down the line. Yeah. Because even if you go out for three months solid and you get a good rhythm going and you think and then you take a week off and then you try to go out again, you're you're going back a little bit at least because you haven't done it for a week. Yeah. So, like, the more you just do it, you're obviously getting better. And then those bad shows, then it's going to become more fun every time because you, you're going to go into it thinking, oh, this is going to be a great show. Rather than, oh, this one might not go well. Well, and at a certain point, if you're working towards a much higher goal and you view, because this, what I'm discovering more and more, especially after reading, rereading, rereading, because I read books, rereading the power of habit, goals are dog shit. Because goals, first of all, once you reach a goal, what do you do with yourself? Yeah. First of all. But second of all, goals also, you don't know how to quantify what it takes to get to a goal. Right. Like a goal is a nebulous thing. But if you go, if I put in these hours every single day, the goals will just show up and it's going to be fun. And you won't even necessarily know that that was a goal. Exactly. And then you'll get there and you're like, oh, this is something I've always wanted. And you go, good for me. But like also, I'm more worried about the process. Just because tonight went well, tomorrow's going to go shitty. Yeah. But I'm going to show up again. Because I'm concerned about the process in making myself better at my craft rather than I'm just trying to get on The Tonight Show or I'm trying to do this or that. Right. And if you if focus you... on the process itself, then any great things that happen, you go, hey, good for me. I don't care. Yeah. Like you can give yourself a little like, hey, good for me. Fucking I'll get some ice cream. But you also go, that's not really what I'm working. Like my thing now is. I'm a process guy. I plug in the things that I know are necessary for my success. And then when certain small successes come along, which they should because I'm doing the work that's necessary, good for me, but who gives a fuck? I'm sticking to the process because the process got me here in the first place. Yeah, it's like if you make your goal to get on The Tonight Show and then you get on The Tonight Show, then it's like... Well, now what? Now what? And also, if you make your goal to get on The Tonight Show, you could... You could dedicate all of your sets or whatever to getting on The Tonight Show, and then you miss other opportunities that would have been goals for you because you had your mindset on this one thing. Yeah. 
where instead it the process is the goal. Yeah, the process will get you. If you, if you can get yourself a good habit, if you do the process, it'll get you to the Tonight Show. Yeah, it'll also get you other things that you didn't even think were goals of yours. Not only uh, that, when those other cool things come along, or even the goal itself that you kind of don't acknowledge because you're just in the process. When those things come along, you're going to do better. Like, let's say your goal is, you know, the, the Tonight Show. If you're in the process, you go, this is just a byproduct of me doing what I know I need to do. Yeah. So there's going to be less process. There's going to be less pressure on the, on the Tonight, Tonight show, show because you go, this is just how it works. I did yeah. the work that I need to do. So you're going to have a great Tonight Show set. Yeah. You're going to go, of course I killed it. I've been putting in the work. I know this is Instead good. of, yeah. I got super lucky, I was able to snag the Tonight Show, and now I'm going to give the greatest show ever. But you know what? Not everything works the way you want it to work. And so you go, but if you're in the process, you just go, yeah, this is the byproduct of me doing what I'm supposed to do. If the Tonight Show goes bad, who gives a shit? I'm doing the process tomorrow as well. Like yeah. Every day, we show up, we do the you process. Do the process. And... So tomorrow is going to be as good as today. And the Tonight Show is great. Good for me. Way to go, me. Acknowledge that. But who gives a shit? Because if it goes badly, that's not going to throw you off the fact that you're doing the process. You go, I'm still working. And that's what I care about. My thing is you work on the work and everything else just shows up. Yeah. And anybody who's successful, you listen to comedians that are going out every night to do their sets you listen to musicians, you listen to fucking whoever, they go, I'm not really focused on the goals anymore. Now I'm focused on how do I just do each day as well as I can? Yeah. Because everything that should happen will happen because I'm doing the things that I know I should do. Well, and that's even what people talk about when they're like, before they make it, where they're like jealous that other people are getting spots that they think they deserve or whatever yeah <clears throat> all of them say that once they stop doing that and they just start focusing on their work and doing their thing then those things happen for them it's like yeah because you're just you're doing the process you're, i've noticed that in my own life yeah you're out there you're putting the work in you're not worried about what this person's doing or how they got because it has nothing to do with you and you recognize yeah. that you, you might both be doing comedy, but you might both have two very different styles of comedy. You might even have the same style of comedy, but you're both doing very different things. Yeah. So just because that person has had more success or is in, is hot right now, that doesn't mean that if you – that doesn't mean you stop the process or you change your – it just means you keep doing your process, and eventually that will come to you as and well. And it instills in you like, good for them. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm yeah. working on my thing. Yeah. Good for them. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But I'm going to keep working on my thing because it's going to work out because I know that I'm putting in the hours. I'm putting in <coughs> the fucking elbow grease. Yeah, and getting upset at other people for achieving... It's not good for anybody. It doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't make them feel good. It's not good like, for your comedy. They, it's and, not good for your music. when you get something, people aren't going to feel good for you because you didn't feel good for them when they got it. Exactly. And that's what's so cool about... Now, this is specific, but that's what's so cool about the Arizona music scene. Laura, Paul, we, we mentioned them already. Yeah. But it's just like everybody is so not concerned with can I be the greatest yeah. musician of None all time. None of them are like, oh, this Everybody's, guy's taking my yeah. time, my stage time. They're like, no, you get the fuck get up, up here. Get up here, play you, a solo. Get up people, here, sing a these song. These people will love you. Get up here and show them what you got. And not only that, then all of a sudden it's like we're all friends. Let's all hang out. Like it, 
leads to other cool just like making connections with human beings like when we're on the porch and everybody's just going around playing a song it's the best feeling it's in the, the world yeah it's the like, best feeling right, in the world let's see what let's see what fucking J, J fucking jt's got yeah it's literally what i've dreamed let's see what fucking drew cooper's got it's let's what i've it. dreamed of my whole life because we grew up in oregon where we grew up in dayton where there's nobody doing anything i mean there are people doing things but there's nobody doing anything in creative stuff no. and I would always watch these documentaries. I'm speaking to the mic like it really doesn't mean. And it's always and we've always had a creative itch. Like yeah. we've always wanted to do something unorthodox. Like we've always yeah. been outside the like me. Oh, we don't operate like normal retards. We're a special retards. Would make those fucking videos, and it's like I didn't realize it that's at the time. Pretty I much for us. Realize it that's at the pretty time. much for us. But yeah, that's for us. <laughs> and we had the most fun doing it. And if other people liked it, great. If yeah, not, good for them. We don't really care. We're, no, we, we had fun. Yeah. I mean, listen to any of our listen to our commercial collections it's like that is literally for no one because <laughs> yeah. no one's subscribing yeah. but we had fun and when we listen back to it it's like god damn that's pretty funny and then when you listen back to it, you can remember writing it yeah and how hard it was to get that idea and then once you get the idea the snowballing and the jokes yeah and the jokes that you wrote that didn't work and then the jokes that you finally make work and it's like that single bit took a long time to get yeah. around to but that's what's also super cool about the arizona music thing and even the comedy thing because as far as I can tell, the music, everybody's bringing everybody into the fold. Yeah. And, uh, but we didn't have that in Dayton, obviously. But, like, my whole dream was, like, I want to meet a a community of people that want to jam together, have a great time. Nobody's trying to be cooler than anybody. Everybody just wants to. That's what's. Everybody wants to create music in real time as we're playing on stage. And Laura, Tall Paul, the whole crew, that's exactly how we all play. And, they, and it's the fucking best. It's the fucking best. They legitimately do not care who's better, who's, no. who's... They don't give a fuck. No, they go, do you express yourself in a way that is cathartic for the people in the audience? Yeah. It's not a spoken rule, but it's just like, are we putting ourselves are out there in a way that feels and, right? Yeah. Or are you being some sort of douchebag who's just stage. like, look, I'm here to network. It's like, go... Fuck yourself yeah. right now. They bring everyone on stage just saying, good Lord, Lori. Like, oh, dude, it's just. It's one of the most glorious times in the world yeah. is when everybody gets on stage and we're singing. That song specifically. Yeah. Because they, the Coltrane's play that song at a lot of their shows. Like that song specifically when everybody gets on stage. But other songs too. It's just yeah. like when everybody gets on stage, everybody's playing an instrument or we're all singing. And we're just fucking jammed. And they'll see somebody not on stage. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing out there? Get up here. They'll see somebody not on stage. They'll also see somebody nut on stage. And that's me. Because (laughs) I love being up there. And it makes my entire year. It's the best feeling is friends making music or comedy or whatever. It's friends making creative things come to light in front of a crowd together. That is legitimately magical. What was our favorite thing to do in Dayton? Get drunk. Go to Romans and do karaoke <laughs> yeah. with people. Yeah. Like, just let us perform. Let us just show what we've crafted <laughs> on our own. Yeah. We're going to show you guys on stage. I've shown you what these guns can do in the Middle East. <laughs> no, now I'm going to show you what they can do in the ring. Yeah. Like, That's, yeah. We literally just wanted to perform and party and make everybody It's the best feeling. Happy. It's the best feeling. <laughs> and we did. And we're getting to do it. And we're getting yeah. to do it more and more. And, uh... It's a pretty fucking cool thing. Tired all the time, but worth it. 
I'm going to be tired all the time anyways, because if you're, even if you're not doing what you're shooting for, everybody runs at the same level of just kind of like, nah, I was up early. I should probably take a nap. Yeah. Now, everybody who's really going after it, you feel the same way and you should take a nap. But you also earn that. Now. You're also earning that now. <laughs> the feeling is not different. The feeling no. is the same. But in this case, you're also doing exactly what you know you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You feel satisfied when you get home. You yeah. get that high still. You set down your equipment like, and you go, I am going to bed, and you sleep like a child. Yeah. You fucking go over all the miss steps you had on stage but it's part of the process yeah and that's the thing it's like that's the other cool thing it's like the process is the process is the process you do it both because it takes away your existential angst because you know you're working towards an ultimate goal the goal is technically unattainable but you go if i do this process it will lead me to something adjacent to what I'm shooting for because no one knows exactly how their life plan is going to go. Yeah. It's always different than you expect. So, yeah, you're always working towards it. And also, when you go to bed at night, you go, today, <coughs> I did the thing that I knew I needed to do and that lets me sleep easy at night and maybe I, maybe I get four hours of sleep. Maybe I got three hours of sleep. But I know that I put it out there and satisfied three hours. Papa's working towards what he knows he needs to be working towards. And it's fucking satisfying. And it's fun. Every and time. it's fun. Every you get nothing time but, it's so fun. I'm a I'm a collector of experiences where it's just like, I don't care what we're doing. Let's do it because why not? Yeah. I don't know what is gonna result out of that. If nothing else, this is a Doug Stanhope thing. If nothing else, I'm going to get a sweet fucking story out of it. Yeah. If nothing else. Like, bro. And just rarely to, is it nothing else. Usually it's other things, too. Just going to Marauders on Thursday to watch the game. Yeah. Like, I was almost 100%, like, down to just not go. And then I was just like, why would I not go? Yeah. Why? Like, what? Wh- why? How? I know if I go there and I watch this Suns game with a bunch of Suns fans at a bar where you're playing music intermittently. Like, I know I'm going to have fun. There's your transition so like, why would I not go? Points. And then finally I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to shower and go. Yeah. And then once I'm there, the, if, Everything I, if falls I'm not into having place. fun, I can leave. It's the but drive. But I'm going to be having fun. It's the drive. It's, again, it's that inflection point. It's that transition point of just like, I don't want to because there's things that goes into me like having to do it. But the second you get there, almost literally the second you get there, you go, yeah, I'm super glad I'm here. Yeah, we started drinking beers. Those guys were buying shots for yeah. everybody. Ended up being a great night. Saying fucking happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to Toby, Toby Keith. Let's go. It's a good time of Bud's inspirational hour. And uh, it's it's a funny thing. We started about five years ago. And when you think about us five years ago versus us you know, now, it's like we're still dumber than hell. Yeah. But we might. But think about here's how the much thing: you could be, we you could be then. dumb, but you might have a little bit of wisdom. Yeah, every once in a while, we. Bill Burr admits to being dumb, but but he's got nothing but just like these are really good ideas because they're time tested, because he did everything wrong for so long that he kind of figured it out. Yeah. Despite being self-admittedly dumb. Yeah. And I, that's I what we're like, shooting for. I feel like most comedians, not all of them, but most comedians would probably consider themselves dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, 
It comes with the territory. They pursued a career in the creative arts. Yeah, we're of course they're 99% dumb. Ninety nine percent of the time, you we're get all rejected. dumb. Yeah, like what? What smart? <laughs> like yeah, well rounded person I'm is like I'm out a, there. Look, I'm concerned about my future finances. I'm going to go into something that's an independent contractor, which for the record is double taxed. And I'm just going to go for it. This is the smart thing to do for me at this time with in my, my life. With just my creative endeavors. I'm going to use the thoughts in my head yeah. and I'm going to create cash money. Yeah. I'm going to just have this. It's delusional. Up. It is delusional. It's delusional. Yeah. 100%. But sometimes it works. And it really, as far as I can tell from the comedians that we listen to versus podcasts and on specials and all that, it works for the guys who put in the work. Yeah. They seem like they don't. But that's actually part of the shtick. And I mean, you all... Is you, they, they're you sort of to supposed talent. to seem like they don't. You have to have talent. Of course. I, I feel mean, like yeah. we both have enough talent. There are definitely guys who... Yeah. No, yeah. That you can outwork a lack of talent. Yes. And I feel like we might be at that point where we have to outwork a little bit of lack of talent. Oh, I'm doing my best. But yeah, but like we're also... We have the talent to where if we put the work in... I think it'll happen. It'll... Yeah. I it, think so. It, it's not... Like, there are some people that would tell you that they want to be a comedian or they want to be a musician, and you would just be like, good fucking luck. It's you- a funny thing because, like, we could see it. People <laughs> we trust can see it. But there are people that you talk to where you go, they're shooting for it, and you go, not going to happen. I just feel it coming off of you that you don't get it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the quality of your material. Has nothing to do with anything. It, I just don't think you get it. Yeah, you don't get. There's that. a reality thing that you have to sort of suspend a little bit if you're going to be in the creative endeavors at it, all. Which we it. definitely suspend as well. Yeah, we definitely suspend it because we're in a nonsense. Like we're shooting for things that absolutely should be unattainable. Yeah, we're shooting for it, but we also get it. And part of and some people just it, don't. Part of getting it is knowing how to like interact with people. Oh yeah. When you when you're at a bar, managing like, expectations. Yeah. Becoming friends with people who you would normally not associate with. And if somebody you can't you can't let your ego if somebody offers you a gig and it's not the money that you think you're you take worth. A gig at all but it, it's like yeah, it's like look, you can't let your ego get in the way of of what you're trying to do. Either. So you can, but you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, that's not going to get you anywhere. You play every gig because you don't know who's going to be there. I played at fucking Marauders on a Thursday when the Suns were playing. The bartender, Ashley, she hit me up. She was like, hey, are you sure you want to play this? And I was like, DL said I should play it. She's like, all right, well, you're going to play like halftime, and that's it. It's like, all right, I'll take that. Yeah. Next thing I know... I'm singing fucking Little Let's Talk a lot more action for Toby for Keith. Toby Keith on for his Toby 60th Keith. birthday. On his 60th birthday, like you take every gig because literally everything's an opportunity if you play it right. Sometimes yeah. it works out. And Rarely are, does it, but if you do it enough, statistically ever, things will work out. If we see those guys again, it's gonna be a great time. Bob, Tim, the other that other guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like once we see them again, it's gonna be like oh, I've, we got hammered together. I remember you guys. Just fun times were had by all. Mark Norman was there? Yeah. Mark Norman was there. Not Mark Norman. Not Mark Norman. But Mark Norman. Mark Norman. He was running for city council at one point. Shout out. I don't know. It's... And maybe this is our fault because we're really going after it. 
I can't help but talk about like wanting to talk about getting after it. Like I really I can't help it at this point. Well, it's because like it's it's ingrained in our bones it. now. Like it's like you see how it works when you actually want to get after it. Yeah. And like, when you start paying attention, I feel douchey talking about it because it's like I don't actually have any answers. I promise I don't. I don't have to promise you. Obviously I don't. Yeah. But like when you're doing it and you go, I'm working towards dreams, I'm working towards goals, I'm putting in the time, and it's actually paying out dividends once in a while, it feels good and you go, that's that whole, you know the way broadly, you'll see it in all things. Yeah, it's a, it's a little... Mio Matsu Masoshi. I'm going to get a little bit, I don't think that's how you pronounce it, <laughs> but uh, you put in the work and you actually see dividends, you go, this could be applied to anything. Like, it literally could. Like, it literally has nothing to do with talent. has nothing to do with anything. You yeah. go, but if, but I've seen I a see way if I put, put in the hours. level of effort. The hours and the awareness. Yeah. You also have to put in the awareness yeah. of just, like, this is why it works. Yeah. And I can't help it. Like, when I see it work, I go, that is fucking insane. Yeah. It's magic that that works that way. Yeah. You just go, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. And so I can't help but talk about it because it really is just, like, you put in the hours, and if you're aware enough, things will happen. Yeah. And then they do when you go, what the fuck? You go, holy shit. It actually works. Like, I, I, always, this? I always heard this work, but this it's actually working. This is insanity. <laughs> and so, I don't know. We'll probably continue to be talking about this because it really, it shocks me as much as it would shock anybody. Because well, even with our podcast, like we've been doing more podcasts lately. Yeah, you got a text from Shane the other day. He's like, I'm gonna be on the podcast. the podcast. Love it. Want to be on it? You guys are Shane's coming. Hilarious and retarded. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You want to be on the podcast? Get Thank on the podcast. Thank you for putting us into two adjectives: funny and retarded. <laughs> yeah, that's us. You nailed it. You nailed it. And we're not looking to hurt anybody. We're just looking to have a good time. There I, again, I recommend this to everybody. I don't know if you've listened to it yet. It's an audio book. It's also a real book. <laughs> the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, who also wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance. Good man. But he talks about how, like, you don't have to. and But he believes in, eh, I don't know if he actually says God. He definitely, it's not the Christian God. <coughs> but he essentially I believes, he, he essentially God. believes in a force where, like, it recognizes when you're putting in the work. Therefore, well, it returns to you the thing. And now you can attribute to that. You can attribute that to a number of things, which is fine. It's super, but like it, it's a nice shorthand for attributing like putting in the work isn't for not. Putting in the work gets you results. Yeah. It's also because the, the gods come together because they go, you know what? We've been sitting up here on our fucking clouds Obviously. watching you toil away, putting in the work for nothing. We see that you're getting nothing for it, but you're putting in the work. Here's a little here's, here's a little attaboy. Yeah. And that that thing that goes with everything. Like when you go out into the world with a good attitude, you run into people with good attitudes. If you go out into the world with a shitty attitude, you'll run into people with a shitty attitude because Yeah, I need a beer. Because that's the attitude that you're giving off. When people see somebody well, in it's a... the boomerang effect. Yeah, if, if I see somebody in a shitty attitude, it's not like, oh, I better be nice to this guy. He's in a bad... It's like, no, he's an asshole. I'm going to be a fucking asshole back to this guy. But if you're a nice guy, then other people fucking 
other other people interact with you and you put them in a good mood, then they're going to be nice back to you because they're in a good mood because nobody's trying to nobody's trying to outdo anybody else. No. We're never trying to outshine anybody else. No. We're just doing our own thing and if you like it I'm here it, to make music, you're here to make comedy. If you like it, hang around. If you don't, yeah. leave. It's not our problem. I don't care. We're not going to worry about how you feel. We're going to hear we're here to do the things that we think we're supposed to do. On a Just personal... Work the process. Yeah. We're, we're here to achieve our personal goals. I hope you're trying to achieve your personal goals. And if our personal goals don't mesh, we don't have to be friends. That's not my problem. Yeah, that's fine. It goes back to libertarianism, which we should all subscribe to. Which is, you do you. Yeah. Libertarian... Okay, so there's obviously flanks that should be acknowledged, but... At the core of my libertarian beliefs, my thing is, you do you. Yeah. That's it. You do you. Whatever. You know what? You think that's good for your life? Fucking go for it. That's not my problem. You get to deal with the benefits or the consequences. Yeah. But you are a single human being who is born without your consent. Yeah. Go for it. Do I don't give a shit. Fucking go for you it. You feel like Get you're a man trapped in a woman's body. Fucking do it. Have you at it. You got to. Don't care. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But. I'm going to work on my thing. Now. Don't tell me. Yeah. Don't tell don't me. Don't get anywhere near me. Yeah. I'm going to work on my yeah. thing. You work on your thing. Fucking keep it real. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. A real stamp of approval. I can give a shout-out for the Beavers team because we haven't talked about them yet. Hey, let's go, Beavers. Wayne Tinkle has uh, thrown out the first pitch for the Chicago Cubs. Goddamn That's right. great. American hero. I just don't, I, I just couldn't let us go through a full episode no. without talking about the Beavers at least for a minute. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see the way that our podcast is kind of moving. Well, not to mention how many Beaver fans we've created down here. Oh, no. Oh, that's true. Like We've created legit Beaver yeah. fans. I guarantee Lauren Tall Paul... They're not actively watching the games, I would guess. No. But if they see it on TV, they're like, fucking good for them. Yeah, and... <laughs> good for them. Good if, for the bees. If they have no affiliation and they hang out with us, <laughs> there's no way to not just naturally be drawn hey, to, to the, the beefs. Like I know. We get go. You get a go beefs at almost every gig. Yeah, I got one last night. It was fucking fantastic. Let, uh, let's go. Let's go beefs. Let's go beefs, always. And, uh... I don't know. We somehow got an inspirational hour again, but uh, I I also think that I learn by speaking things outward. Like, I have to put it together in words before even I understand it. So, uh, you're welcome, people, because this is all we get. <laughs> this is all I got. I got nothing else. But uh, some people learn by speaking. Some people learn by writing. And there's something about the podcast where it's like, I've got to kernel of an idea I'm going to toss it out there <coughs> I'm going to bounce it off of you yeah, or vice versa and then you just start forming and then all of a sudden you go hold on there might be something here we keep panning for that gold there actually might be something here yeah, we have found so, nothing but gold down here yeah we'll get a little inspiration once in a while that's another like, thing what's that, it to you pal that's another thing that's great about down here is like we don't have to be friends with anybody that we don't want to be friends there's no prior like it's like I get it you know Barry Hop. Yeah, fuck like, off. Yeah, we don't have to be. We're from the same town. Yeah, we have to be friends. Oh, we got a real connection here. No, it's like, no. bro, you're not fitting my vibe. I'm not gonna hang out yeah. with you. Don't waste my time. I like get. 
I think there is really an important thing at getting out of your hometown. We've got nothing but solid. I plan hands. on someday, probably many years down the line, returning there to some degree. We've got nothing but good hangs down. But we got nothing but good hangs. Like, I would consider, fuck it, Paul and Lo- again the the crowd. I'm I'm not gonna list them all because I'm afraid of just slip of the tongue leaving somebody out. Yeah, I mean, there's I like, consider those guys like 10, some of my 10, best friends like I've ever had. Those guys are nothing but my best friends that we all get to play music together. Like, they're super fucking cool people. And the fact that we actually get to fucking hang and play with them, it's an absolute honor. I can't wait to roosters. Honestly, the coolest people who don't give a shit about, like, I'm the best. No. They give a shit about, get up on stage, we're all friends, we're going to make music together right now. Yeah. Fucking get up here, you stupid fuck. The Coltrane's had you open for them at Roadrunner at a rodeo. The most generous thing. I'd been here for, that was before coronavirus. I'd been yeah. here for f- six months? Six, six or six eight months. months, probably. And I, I do think a well, big, short I, of think, I think a big chunk of that is owed to Shane. Shane's been nothing but, honestly, the greatest guy. The most generous. It's, the only way that I could repay him is by doing that for somebody else. Yeah. Dude, and I'm not, Shane, I'm not at that position yet. But like, Shane had you open for the, the most trains. generous. It's Shane got it blows us my up mind. to the cabin. Yeah. Shane came up with Doc Sweeney. Yeah. Like that guy is just. The only thing that's tough for me is my inability to pay him back. Yeah. That's t- that's legitimately tough for me is because he's been nothing but the coolest, most generous fucking dude that I've met, and I would love to be able to pay him back, and I have no way of doing that. Yeah. But. God damn, that guy deserves everything. Everything. He's literally the most generous, fucking cool guy. And we're going to have him on the podcast here pretty soon, folks. Yeah. But, I mean, seriously, like, he gave me a model to work towards of just, like, I need to figure out how to be more generous because that guy showed me (coughs) what it really means to be like, I've never met this guy before, but you know what? I'm going to do... A nice And thing. he fucking gave you a seat at the rock bar? Seriously. Like, Dude, for real. At the very beginning. For real. At the very beginning. That, was, that had to have been November. Yeah. November. No, that was December. That was December. We moved there in August. Yeah. That was December. No one knew me. No one. No one wanted anything to do with me. And Shane went, you know what? I drove all the way here from way south Arizona. I drove all the way here. But you know what, Austin? You get that you spot. Got, yeah. I'm just going to hang out. Yeah. It's the most generous. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. And it bothers me because <laughs> I owe that guy a lot. And it's not because I'm obligated to owe him a lot. I would like to be able to pay him back for it. I have no way of doing it as far as I can tell. Yeah. The most generous. Seriously. The most stand-up guy. Generous. The goodest. The goodest guy. Guy. The goodest guy. The world would be better if people thought more like him. Yeah. I mean, for real. He's not ego. If everybody was like He's a Shane. great musician. He's a great musician. He writes fantastic songs. Birds of a Feather is one of my favorite fucking songs. He is fantastic both at his craft and at being a human being. Yeah. But also super generous. And there's nothing I can do to pay him back. And I think he knows that. But if I could, I would. So Shane, shout out. There's nothing I can say 
other than thank you, thank you sounds way too shallow, <laughs> and it bothers me. But I mean, seriously, nobody needed to do that. Yeah. Nobody needed to do that. Nobody needed to do that. But he did it because he's a good fucking guy. Yeah. God damn. All those guys are so solid, too. All Podcast audience. I don't think you guys understand how fucking solid the musicians in Arizona are. At least the ones that we hang out with. At least the ones we hang out with. Yeah. I mean, not speaking for everybody. Generous. Everybody knows everybody. God Dude, damn. they welcomed. It's the fucking. They coolest. welcomed me in. Yeah, and I'm not even. A, I'm not even in the musical sphere. But they went. You know and what? We like you. Yeah, they don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, this guy can hang. This guy's funny. This guy's not looking to cause any problems. Fucking. They They're all over hug. the inside give jokes. Give me a hug every time they see me. They greet me with a get fucked butt I'm, almost every I'm, time. I'm hugging a lot more people <laughs> solely because, because of, of our Arizona friends. Yeah, they hug. All the time. And so I hug everybody to the point where people go, I didn't really expect that. (laughs) I go, well, I'm hugging you, so fucking get used to it, pal. I know. My my dream. Then you get Josh Williams close talking you? Well, that's going to (laughs) happen. I know, I love it. My dream, my dream has always been to actually meet, like, because you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, you listen to Burt Kreischer, all these people, and they talk about. The, hang. the vibe, the hang at the comedy store, at fucking cellar, all of those places, and you go, man, how cool would it be to be how like cool a part of that kind of community? Guess what? We're in it, dude. The cabin was the ultimate of that kind of community. It was. That was the ultimate hang. We yeah. went to dinner. We went to lunch. We went fishing. We just sat on the porch and played music. And you just go, I'm a lucky son of a bitch. Yeah. Like. It behooves us. It behooves a lot lately. It's, it feels kind of not natural, but <laughs> it behooves a lot lately. It behooves us to exercise gratitude. I don't want to sound gay, but it behooves <sighs> us to exercise some gratitude because... Your gratitude is your latitude. Well, that's so true. My dream since I got into music was I want to find a cool community of people that want to jam together and that's literally all we care about is how do we make cool music on stage live in front of people how do we do that yeah I had no opportunities in Oregon nobody was doing that when I went and played in Portland literally everybody was a fucking dick everybody was so I'm the coolest I fucking eat vegan ice cream and (laughs) fucking fuck my boyfriend not that there's anything wrong with that, but like <laughs> it was a little backstabby. The vibe was super. <coughs> the vibe was super. We're all here for ourselves. Yeah, and it's as, me or you. Exactly. Like, and no, as soon as we moved not. to Arizona, it was like I met nothing but. Again, we can go through the list. I've met nothing but people, who want everybody to succeed. And at the end of the night, let's all get on stage, sing songs together, fucking high five. We're gonna hug. Yeah, and then we're. This is the music we're making. Then we're gonna get together, together. and then we're gonna get drunk. We're making music together because that's what's in our souls. It's an actual melding of this is what's in our gut and in our soul, and we're gonna put that out on stage. It's the coolest thing. I couldn't be more grateful, and I'm just honored to be a part of it. It fucking blows my mind. It blows my mind because there there was no path towards it there was no, no path towards it whatsoever in Oregon and then we moved down here and, and we meet nothing long. but the coolest people yeah. that I've ever met 
my best friends. So fast, too. Like, the coolest people. God damn. It's pretty great, ladies and gentlemen. Not, you know, not to self-aggrandize too much. It's fucking great. Everybody should find those people because whatever your endeavor is, it doesn't even have to be creative. If your endeavor is making money, find people who are doing that too. But make sure they're solid. If we're talking money, you're going to have to make sure they're solid. It's harder to find something. A little harder to find. But Creatives are a little more like... There's like... There's people out there that just have a hard time making friends. And we just have so many... Hold on, you want names? And we just have so many good friends. It... No, we're the luckiest fucking sons of bitches. We're the luckiest. Now, granted, we've done our own work to make that yeah. happen. I'm not going to get also, uh, but the it fact that we have even to met happen. them. Yeah. We went to Joe's Grotto. We met a lot of people who could be those people. Yeah. But they're not. They're not. That's not that's just not the case. So, we went to the Dubliner. Yeah. Well, du- Dubliner's all right. Crystal yeah. Crystal but nothing but generous. Love Crystal. Yeah. I love Crystal. <laughs> it's a meth joke. Oh, I get it. Um, yeah, but maybe the audience is a little slow on the <laughs> But uh, no, Crystal's been jokes. nothing but cool. She's been super generous. Her husband's fucking badass, great guitar player. But, uh, I mean, it's fucking blows my mind. How'd you meet the, how'd you meet the pine people? How did I meet the pine people? It's a great question. Did I they, honestly don't remember. Did they just ask you to come play a gig up there? I don't think so. I think I did some work towards it. Like, I think maybe Josh Williams might have connected me. Hmm. Maybe Carrie and Kevin. Oh, yeah. It, That's possible. I feel like it might have been Josh Williams, but I don't know. They just go, here's fucking Mike's number. Give him a call. And I did. And it took six months, eight months before he got back to me. But now I got a fucking monthly gig. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite places to play in the world. They're a tiny little bar, but always fun. The best. Yeah. Got just elk walking across the street like yeah. down the place. And that's the thing that I was thinking about like yesterday <coughs> when like I was packing up. It's like, I'm fucking tired of shit. I had to drive all the way up here. You know, it's two plus hours. It's that's like, a haul up there. It's a haul. I don't have a great car. Like, it's a haul. But it's an experience. It's like, I get to come up here, I get to play music, I get to get paid, and I get to hang out with cool people that I've never met before, and by the end of the night, we're going to be friends. Yeah. Is that not the right way to live that's life? That's the best way to I live. think that's the way to live life. The next day feels like it's well, the wrong next way to day, live. not but great. that's also a problem for future me. That's it's a problem for future me, but I'm going to schedule him for, in for some gigs. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to practice my gratitude, and I'll be honest with you. I found myself being happier when I wake up in the morning than I have been in the last 10 years. And it blows my mind because, by all accounts, I shouldn't be because I'm always upset. But, like, I really, yeah, practicing well, gratitude really does make you recognize. It really does make you recognize, like, God damn, I'm a lucky person well even just to be grateful even just to be grateful for the fucking the shitty gigs yeah it's part of the process like not to touch it's all perspective yeah like remember that time we drove of course way the fuck over there 
for that. You have to be oh, a little more specific. We drove where the fuck over. I, you'll remember when I say it. We drove where the fuck over that way for that gig where it was just oh, no one was oh, there. The no Moonlight Lounge? There. Yeah. It was me, yeah. you, two other people, and that guy outside the one that talked to us about tanks in oh Afghanistan. That guy wouldn't shut and the fuck up. We get it, you were in the... The host was oh. like, so do you guys want to go up right now? And we're really. like, no one is here. Like, can we... Have, like, why are you rushing us? On? We'll be here. Can I get a free beer? Yeah, we'll or? be here longer, but can we at least wait and see? If I'll play your stupid open up. mic, but you're going to owe me a free beer, you stupid fucking <laughs> yeah, son of a bitch. there's no one here. I told you this... I told you this privately. Now I'm tell you publicly. I don't give a fuck. Who's the yours face, bitch? Oh, now everybody's going to hell. Well, I'll tell you this: you go to hell, you stupid horse face motherfucker. No, it's uh, you know when you have like memories. See, you know when you have memories. We've all been there. We've all been there. But like. I have this weird thing where, like, you know, you put everything through rose-colored glasses. Not anymore. They're broken. Dylan. get a fresh pair. Dylan, shout out to Dylan. (laughs) But but I go, but I I try to actually be aware of just, like, I'm going to swear by these memories eventually. They're shitty now. Yeah. But eventually, I'm going to swear by this shit. Well, and that's also what I'm going to wish that I was back here. Open mic days. Yeah. They all were like, oh, wasn't that the best? It's like, you eat shit every day. Wasn't that the best? And the smart person goes, I'm in that moment right now. Yeah. I should probably appreciate it. And that's how I feel about, like, our first year here, our second year here. It's like, we're doing nothing but hustling. Half the time we want to kill ourselves, and we had a but it's great. A, we had a legit six month period where we couldn't hustle. Everything was up in the air. Yeah, it was like, ah, oh, did we move down here at the exact worst time? But no, we didn't, guys. I don't mean to be self-aggrandizing, but we increased our ability to do things during coronavirus. Yeah, I've played more gigs during coronavirus than I've played in my entire life. <coughs> we're yeah. hustling. We're making it happen. And it's like, roadblock. Who gives a shit? Well, we'll like, figure it think out. About in Oregon, what do you play? Maybe once a week? Maybe. May- like most times, not Maybe. even. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I probably played once every two weeks. Now down here, it's like you're playing almost at least three times a week. I'm playing to where I want to fucking kill myself. Yeah. With the amount of times. Yeah. Which is the best. You get a blessing. you get every Thursday, and then you almost always get a Thursday's Friday always and locked. Saturday. Friday Saturday is usually locked, and then you get and the first month, maybe a Sunday, the first weekend of the month. Maybe I'm doing a Tuesday gigs. at Irish Wolfhound. Yeah, you've almost always got a whiskey road gig every week. Yeah, it's one of the two places, and it's funny because like these are some of the places that are like hard to get into, and I just go, I just sent an email, like I got lucky. I didn't get lucky. That's not. You got right. lucky, but you also started playing guitar 13 years ago. I put the work before in. you moved here. I'm not gonna ever say that I got lucky because yeah. I absolutely put the work yeah. in. Yeah, and I'm but not you, gonna apologize for but that. You, I put the work in. Yeah, I 100 percent earned. You got lucky. Where I got to. You got lucky in the sense that we met the right people, and that part is 100 percent true. But meeting the right people you also, is luck. But also, you could have met those people without putting any work in, and they would have not yeah. given a fuck. You got to have the shit to back it up. But there is a luck involved with meeting yeah. the right people. Okay, I gotta take a piss. I'm gonna get you, you need another beer? Yeah. I got one beer left. 
Did the uh, did the Bucks or the Suns win? Who won? Did the Bucks or the Suns win? I'll update the folks. Yeah. Also, two years ago, the Phoenix Suns won 19, 19 games. Wins. The boys come to town and yeah, we're in the great. finals. Let's we're making things happen here in fucking Phoenix. You would think that two people couldn't affect a city that much. But boy, did we! Yeah, so the Bucks won one twenty to one hundred, and the Mariners lost today. The All Star break, so fucking pretty much. Once the NBA Finals are over, it's gonna be the dog shit time of sports. But also, probably, I don't know, in a month or so, it's about to be Beaver football season, which means we gotta give our get our annual Beaver correspondent Devin on here for a Beavers pregame show. Maybe get Tony on one too. Tony, Tony and Devin. Look, all of our all of our friends minus Tyson are great Beaver fans. Oh, also fun story. So Friday night after we just got hammered in Old Town Scottsdale, for literally no reason at all, at three thirty in the morning, I drunk text Tyson, "Fuck the Ducks," for absolutely no reason. I wake up to a text the next morning. He's like, how did you know that I was staying in Corvallis this weekend? And then I got another text at like. He texted me last night. I love talking to Tyson. He, got, he texted me like at 1230 and he's like, are you awake yet, fucker? So I called him and I was like, what's up? And he's like, how did you know that I was staying in Corvallis th- th- last night? And I was like, I had no idea. What are you talking about? And he's like, you text me fuck the ducks at 330 in the morning. I was like, I don't remember any of that. That is just a happy coincidence. It was two nights ago or last? It was Friday. It was after we got fucked up in Scottsdale. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but, yeah, I just was like, fuck. I just told him, fuck the ducks. And turns out he was partying it up in Corvallis. Good for him. And then last night I watched the Conor McGregor fight, which was fucking pretty disappointing. And those all seem to be empty. Did you... You didn't get to see any of the fight? I didn't get to see any of the fight. God, it was pretty gay. How quickly did he break his leg? Poirier was just kicking the fuck out of him. And he, Poirier was beating him up. When I say kicking the... Conor McGregor was kicking the fuck out of Poirier. He was just throwing kicks. He was throwing a lot of kicks. And then, you know how sometimes they, like, kick him? And their foot wraps around their leg, and that's how it breaks. And then they st- that's not even what happened. The Anderson Silva kick? Yeah, that's yeah. not even what happened. He really? was just, like, going forward and, like, striking him and then stepped back and kind of, like, rolled his ankle. Oh, really? And then his whole leg just kind of broke underneath him. Which, it was pretty if you're in a lame. fighting sport, like, that is lame. I mean, it definitely. Because, like, it, technically anybody could do that, yeah, but also but that's stepping back. It, he, I, I mean, that's dude, weak. he was throwing a lot of kicks. Like, he might have fractured it at another point. It was already weak, and then he just, like, that was the final straw. I mean, I'm sure that's what happened. But, God, it looked fucking gay. It was like, really? That's how this fucking that's trilogy ends? That's disappointing. And, like, Conor McGregor hasn't won a fight. He's won one fight in, like, five years. It's like, yeah. is this just kind of how his career fizzles to an end? And we get it. You had a cool whiskey company for a while. You were a hot shit. You got the cool walk, you dumb fuck. I'll fight you. I Yeah. No, I like Conor McGregor, but I like Dustin Poirier because he's a good American. Yeah. Conor McGregor can fuck off back to Ireland. Yeah. And no, I say that as a your, good Irishman. Go enjoy your fucking potatoes. Irishman. I'm like 20%. I honestly don't know how much Irish. Enough to where it kind of fucked up my whole genetics, but... I don't think I'm Irish, but I don't know that. 
I think I'm Irish. Finnish for sure, because my grandma was super into Finnish, Finland shit. I know that my great grandma Peterson comes from like Norway or Sweden or something, but I don't strong know. Co- I don't strong know countries. where anyone else in my family comes from. Yeah, no, there's a lot of blank. There was spots. a lot of rumor that my grandma was Native American. Yeah, I got that rumor but too. Turns out that's not accurate. My dad did 23andMe, and that's not accurate at all. I got that rumor too. I haven't done the 23andMe with that. Oh, I'm not going to do 23andMe. I sense it's not true. But at the same time, like, I love a smoke circle. Like, Well, who doesn't, though? Like, I hear what you're saying, but I think it's <coughs> in my bones. I'm probably big on that. Like, I played a lot of Native American flute. You when did I, okay, one term of Native okay, American Okay, I did one flute. term. Let me tell you guys something, though. When I was in Native American flute... I played the flute in fifth grade, fifth grade, fourth grade, whatever. I totally forgot that I had a report that if I did this one report, I would get an A. It was the most bullshit class. This was Jan Michael Looking Wolf, who was a redheaded, dipshit Irish guy who happened to have a quarter of Native American with him. Granted, he won a bunch of Nammies, which, of course, is a Native American Grammys. But, of course. But... And I, have, and I have my good friend Nick Coles. Shout out to Nick Coles. He signed me in for most better of the classes that I didn't show, to, show up to. Oh, way better. Nick Coles is a good buddy of mine. But uh, I had him sign, you know. In no offense me. to Ben Coles. No offense to Ben Coles. also fuck Ben Coles. Offense to Ben Coles. Look, Ben Coles, you're a good dude. Your brother's cooler, though. Yeah, wait, yeah. But uh, Cooler. This was the class where... I needed 2.5 to be able to be initiated into the frat. This is fun frat talk. Frat talk. To be able to be initiated into the frat. And I completely forgot, mostly because I was drunk all the time, that I had a paper due to be able to pass this class with an A. And I emailed Jan Michael Looking Wolf and I said, Hey, I wrote this song. I'm sorry that my paper hasn't returned like, you know, soon enough. But that's only because I've been practicing this song. It's an A minor, which is what the flutes were tuned to. I said, it's an A minor, and I'm a musician, and, like, I think you might like it, and I'm hoping that you'll still consider my paper slash project, you know, consideration for an A, or probably an A+. plus. What song was it? Uh, I made it up. Okay. Probably for an A+, plus though. Yeah, obviously. And he said no because he's a giant self-important twat. And it's just like I get that like clearly I was trying to get away with something. But also like you're not that good of a musician. Get fucked. I get that you play the flute. So did he not give you an A? No. I got an A minus. You needed a 2.5 to get into fucking DU. I got a 2.49. Kick it in? Oh, yeah. You round up. That's be- well, it's not because of that. It's because I was a fucking absolute whore. When it came to getting points with the brothers, I was like, you need me to move something for you? Because I will do that. Yeah. So I did the work that needed to be done in other spaces. Jan Michael Looking Wolf is the most self-important twat that I've ever met other than people that I won't mention. I can think of one from On this podcast. Who's a female. Yep. I'm not going to mention Yeah, anybody. okay. But uh, Jan Michael Looking Wolf can absolutely go fuck himself. That red-headed... Twat. Look, I get... I get that you're Native American, but you know what? Yeah, not really. Go fuck yourself. I hope he listens. I hope he's a listener. You're the whitest guy I've ever met. <laughs> I hope he listens. To uh, I hope he listens. To you are actually show. perpetrating police brutality on black people. 
That's what this is. That's how white he is? That's how white he is. God damn. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Jan Michael. Was he straight? Granted, I... uh, Yeah, he was. His wife was there. privilege. His wife was there. But here's the deal. You You gave me your dumb fucking CDs... I put them on my iTunes, and you know what? I've skipped every song that's ever come up on Why my shuffle. Why did you put them on your iTunes? Because it just seemed like the thing to do. It's like, oh, we got like a thousand gazillion songs. You can add whatever songs you want. Who gives a shit? It's iTunes. Like, you can put any song you want yeah, on there. Yeah, but then you might have to and listen to it. It's like, fine, it. I'll put on Jan Michael Looking Wolf's dumb fucking songs, and I've no, been, done nothing but skip them. Jan Michael Looking Wolf, go fuck yourself. I should have got that A+. I made a super cool song that was in an A minor. I played guitar. I played fucking flute over it. I'm never going to get over it. But you know what? That's how we roll. You got into the frat. Um, I didn't have to get into the frat. They asked me. And you also, <laughs> That's not true. And you also <laughs> That's not didn't true do all. the paper That's that was not, required. Well, technically, that is true. I wasn't, very, I wasn't a great student. Look, ladies and gentlemen... I was not a great student. I don't think I have to tell you guys yeah, that. I think that goes without saying. I think saying. it's important to tell you that. No, I think that goes without saying. All right. We'll put on a little Native American flute music. That's not true. Go fuck yourself. When people think Kevin and Austin, they probably think of those guys. Those two studious. Those two studious gentlemen. You know, it's shocking how much I think people think about that. About us that way. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, here's a pretty banging song. It doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like it, but it's a fucking banging song. I got pizza to eat. Was this a two-hour podcast? Because it feels like it. Hour 45. This is Jack White's solo album. It picks up. I never listened to a lot of Jack White. I know his a few so, of his, his solo shit. His, hits, his solo shit. Because he's is, with the White Stripes, yeah? Yeah. But his solo shit is legitimately super good. And the White Stripes good? Huh? The, the White, White Stripes, Stripes are good too, but like, his solo shit's a little more out there, and I fucking dig it. The song picks up. Who sings Seven Nations on Boy, sure. Okay. He brings in some singers. It's great. Black choir? You could say so. Alright. No, but you could say so. <laughs> you could say so, but you'd be wrong. Here's where it gets good. Right at the end. Is Jack White one of those douche cars that can play all the instruments? Yeah. See, that sounds about right. Here's where the cool voice is coming. Yeah. 
sick, right? It's good, dude. Jack White song, let's just let it play. You only have two songs? No, but it's from <laughs> a fucking killer album. There's a song called On and On and On. It's about to play. Let's let it play. I got nowhere to be. That's fucking sick. Sweet little guitar line. That is a sweet, little, sweet guitar. little guitar line. 
I need to get Rock Band back. I hope it's not good. The Angry Here we go. Let's get this bread. The people around me won't let me become what I need to. They want me the same. I look at myself and I want to just cover my eyes and give myself a new name. Fred Groven, he's fucking dead. Fucking Carl. Yeah, gotta we give a shout out to Carl. He met Carl early. He's gonna take care of our cat. He always does. I say our cat because I don't know why. He always does. He's the citizen of the world. <laughs> 